Welcome to the Dag Hewitt Mills podcast. Dag Hewitt Mills is a healing evangelist, a best-selling author, and a mega church pastor. He's the founder of the United Denominations originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches, overseeing over 3,000 churches across every continent of the world. He pastors the First Love Church, a vibrant church in the city of Accra, transforming the lives of thousands of young people for the Lord. Now listen to Dag Hewitt Mills. Amen. Oh, say amen. Say hallelujah. Say I'm excited to be here. Tell your neighbor it's a great day. Tell your neighbor God is about to speak to me. Tell your other neighbor my life is changing. Tell the one behind you your life is changing. In Jesus' name. Well, it's time for the word of God. I believe God has something to say to us. Amen. It's our third service of the weekend, and I've been blessed twice, and I'm looking forward to being blessed three times. Amen. Oh, I didn't hear you say amen. And I tell you, we must be very, very aware of the blessing that we have every weekend, week after week, as we hear what God has to say to us. Amen. And I'm so grateful to God for the pastor that he has given us. And I'm grateful to God for the quality of the word and the guidance that we have. I mean, last week I was wishing that when I was in secondary school, I was at a rising star service to hear last week's message. If any man at any point, anywhere, I mean, if only my uncle Reverend James and I had had a rising star service when we were in secondary school, it would have been a blessing. Amen. And so today we are here to enjoy what God has for you. We are here to be blessed and to be guided. And I know your life will never be the same again. Amen. So we're going to sing our church anthem, which is nothing is impossible. And it fills our hearts with faith as we get ready to listen to the word of God. Amen. Are you ready to sing nothing is impossible? Some of you don't know the song, but the words are on the screen. Lift your hands, lift your voices, and let's sing. Please stand to your feet. Nothing is impossible when you're trusting in His Word. Talking to the voice. Talking to the voice of God to me. Is there anything too hard for me? Then put your trust in God alone and rest upon His Word. For everything, for everything, yes, everything is one more time the words are on the screen you can sing along nothing is impossible when you put your trust in God come on declare nothing is impossible it's impossible when you're trusting in his word hearken to the voice of God is there anything too hard is there anything too hard for me then put your trust in God alone and rest upon His word. Let's sing for everything. For everything, oh everything. Yes, everything is possible with God. Ladies and gentlemen.
and gentlemen, put your hands together and welcome our prophet, Bishop Dagwood Mills. Hallelujah. Amen. Let us pray. I want you to just thank God for today and for giving you a great opportunity. Father, we give you thanks, we give you praise for a blessed day that you have given to us. We are grateful and we thank you for your mighty power and your mighty mercies that are released for us today. In Jesus' name, and everyone said amen. amen. You may be seated. Fantastic. All right. Now, this morning, I want us to look at uh, the same theme on sacrificing. And today, I'm sharing about the four spiritual appointments for everybody. Everybody is going to have four appointments, including you. The four appointments are very simple. Number one is your appointment with losing something. Number two appointment is your appointment with suffering. All right? Suffering for Christ. And then number three is your appointment with sacrifice. Okay? Sacrificing something. And then number four is your appointment with death. Okay, so these are your four things you have to experience as a Christian, no matter who you are. Okay, and these four appointments you have to keep. Now, one of the things that I can say, having been a Christian when I was in secondary school, I was, in, I was a Christian when I was in secondary school before Form 5. You know, when we were doing O-level, okay, uh, when we were doing O-level, the, you, you come into secondary school through uh, what, an exam we call common entrance. Then after common entrance, in form five, that's after five years, we do O-level. Then after another two years, we do A-level. And then after that, you go to university. So, in Form 1, we have a lot of people who come to uh, the Scripture Union. Like, almost the whole class goes to SU, like Form 1. Then as it goes from 2, from 3, from 4, by Form 5, just a few people go to Scripture Union. Do you see? Scripture Union was like where Christians go, fellowship. All right? So by form five, there are not many. And then in sixth form, there is just about two or three guys who are there. All right? Now, the point that I'm making is that I was in SU and Scripture, you know, and a Christian before form five. 
from five, from four, from three, from around from three. I asked me, I didn't go in from one because I found it boring. I said, oh, these people, there's something wrong. I don't know whether they're not feeling well. So they're always meeting. From two, I also didn't, was not part of it. But from around from three, from four, three, from three, that is when I gave my life to Christ. Then I became a scripture union ardent member. And then I was a Christian in secondary school. So one of, the, one of my strong messages, I don't know if you have heard me preach, how to be a Christian in secondary school. Yes. You also have how to be a Christian during the long vacation. It's one of the messages that we used to have, how to be a Christian during the Easter holidays. And so on and so forth. All right. But one of the things that we, we learn is that in secondary school, all right, there was even more feeling that you have to suffer and sacrifice for Christ. Yes. And as I, as I am now in my life, I, I have the same feeling. So the point that I'm trying to make is that whether I've been 16 years old or whether 40 years old or whether 33 years old, this is the same you still have to go through these four things for Christ. You still have to lose. You still have to suffer. You still have to sacrifice. And you still have to die for Christ. It, it doesn't change. And you, you, when you look at it, when you are in um, a, a secondary school or you are wherever, you, you think that, oh, these old people you know, they don't have all these problems that we have and so on. But you'll be surprised that the so-called old people today look at you and they feel that you too, you don't have any problems at all. Is it not true? Yes. yes. So, but if I want to be truthful, starting from secondary school till today, I don't see any diminishing in the reality that I have to sacrifice for Christ. I have to suffer. I have to lose something and I have to die. I don't notice any change. The things are still there. You have to. In, and it's only that it's in a different way. It's only that it's in a different way. Because there are some things that worry you when you are young. But there are things that when you are older also disturb you. So the things keep changing. Are you with me? So it's very important that you, you do not relegate this important message to something that has to be for when you are older or when you are in a different situation. No, it is for now. Amen, in your life. So the first appointment is losing. Okay, Matthew 16, 25. Whosoever will save his life shall lose it. And whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. Amen. Amen. So here you see Jesus is saying, whoever, whenever, whoever, whenever, however, whichever, uh, wherever, in any school, in any country, yeah, in any, 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 any type of family, even in the village, in the city, in the town, whoever, 
will try to save his life, do you see, shall lose it. And whosoever will lose his life, the life that you think you have, when you lose it for Christ, you rather gain and find a new life. Amen. Are you excited about that? Now, Philippians chapter 3. Verse 7. What things were gained to me, Paul said, those I counted loss for Christ. What things were gained to me, I counted loss for Christ. And I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Jesus Christ, my Lord. For whom I have suffered the loss of all things and do count them but done that I may win Christ. Yes. Yea, doubtless. You remember this verse? Yes. Amen. Yea, doubtless. I count all things but loss for the excellency of of the knowledge of Jesus Christ, my Lord, for whom I've suffered the loss of all things, and I do count them but down, that I may win Christ. So, coming to Jesus is not coming to get things. It's not coming to be rich. It's not coming to have things that people are looking for in the world. It's coming to a place where you will lose something for Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. So loss means you will come to be without certain things. If you are walking and you've lost your handbag, it means from now on you'll be without your handbag. It means you give up and forfeit the possession. And whatever the implications are, however hard it is, you have to accept it. One day I was traveling with some people. We were about maybe 10 people. We were all traveling. And then when we got to the airport, do you see, one of us, lost the passport. Yes, in a foreign country. Yes. And I tell you, the type of trouble that came to us at the airport, we were looking, I think we had to go back to the hotel, finding, searching, searching, because the implications of losing certain things It's very big. So for Christ to tell you that you will suffer the loss of all things, the implications on your life, you have no idea. It's going to change your life. Now, because of the loss of that passport, that person was not supposed to travel with us. So instead of going somewhere, you can't move. You can't travel. 
the benefit, in fact, there was no more peace. There was no more peace. Peace, eh? based on the loss. There was a crisis. We had a, we had a crisis. I have to even find out what happened after. Because I can't remember exactly what happened, but hey. It's very wild. Just at the airport, then we saw that the, the passport is gone. Huh? So that, that means that there are some journeys you may not have to sit. Let's say somebody was going to give you a lift. A man is giving you a lift. And then he when he gives you a lift, do you see? Then he has sex with you or he does things to you in the car. Just when you've lost all things, you may lose that lift. You may what? Lose that lift. You lose the lift. Yes. And now that you lose the lift, it means that change your whole life. Because we were all about to travel, like our lives were changed. You lose the lift. And you walk, then you feel tired and you sweat. Okay? And there's no relaxation. You are used to sitting in a BMW with a married men, people's husbands, opening your legs. Tell your neighbor he's talking to you, eh? So better sit up there. You will be sweating. You go from here to here. You take transport from here to circle, from circle to here, from here to here, here to here, here to here. That's the meaning. Instead of sitting, cruising in a car, relaxing. You've lost the car. You've lost the lift. You've lost all those things. There is nothing like Christianity without losing something. Or maybe the man, you are, you are in secondary school, you don't have money. Because when your mother was, when you were going to school, your mother asked you that, do they serve food in the dining hall? When you said yes, sir, then eat over there. That's it. There's no money to give to you. So you go to school without anything. Is it not true? When people are going to the snack square or people are going to, you don't have money. Because your money, you don't have money. Yes. You have to capitalize on what? On the dining hall. Yes. If it's yam and a palm nut water, water palm nut soup and yam, you have to be on it. You have to be what? On it. <laughs> you have to take it seriously. <laughs> if it is uh, what? Gary and what? Groundnut soup. Yes. <laughs> with, with a type of fish. I don't know what type of fish they have. Whether they have a special sea that they go to fish those type of fishes from. <laughs> Maybe they have a special sea where they go fishing to get the fish that they use in secondary school. Hey! 
You have to take it seriously. Because that is what you have. Yes. Every meal you have to take it seriously. Because you see, I, when I was in school, I remember some people, they, some guys, they had no visitor, no, no auntie, no visitor, no homemade, no external for So they took the dining hall very seriously. <laughs> you have to take it seriously. Ah. <laughs> You have to take it seriously. Everything that is given free, anything that is there, you must take it serious. You, you are on a table where some of the people don't eat. You have to take it seriously and know that what they are not eating, God has provided it for you. Because you are not going to take some, a man, you are not going to sell your vagina or your body to somebody for kenke and for fish. transport is moving and you realize that somebody is going your your direction that is a good person who doesn't do bad things to you in the car or there is a bus you take the bus seriously don't wait for some air conditioned car to come and carry you as you are sitting there you must know that you know my wife used to say something she said no dinner is free yeah, no dinner is free. Anytime somebody is giving you something, you'll be, you'll be surprised that it's not free. There is something you pay for. You used to go to the housemaster's house or the teacher's house to go and eat and then he would, the other things. And then in the teacher's house, look at you a small child with a physics teacher. physics teacher you have slept with a physics teacher you are not afraid to sleep with a math teacher that is since then you started to get 83% 76% meanwhile you math you don't understand it at all you yourself know that you don't understand math do you think that is the same teacher who marked the WASI or who marked the other, the other exams You will have to lose. You will lose those high marks and you will lose those benefits and you will lose that comfort. You are going to rest in the uh, uh, teacher's house. Rest! Is that how to rest? Is that where we rest? You have to take your bunk bed in the dormitory seriously and sleep on the bunk bed seriously. everything, take it seriously and rest there. (laughs) Hmm. Number two, your appointment with suffering. Yes. Philippians chapter 1 verse 29. For unto you it is given in the behalf of Christ not only to believe in him not only to believe in him 
but also to suffer for his sake, having the same conflict which he saw in me and now here to be in me. Amen. Listen, you are given in Christ not only to believe, but you have an appointment to suffer. And you will suffer certain things as a Christian. To suffer means to ex- you'll be subject to distress, adversity, affliction, hardship, misery. These are the definitions of uh, suffering. Hardship, misery. You say you don't like the toilet in the, in the school, the, the school toilet, because the water doesn't flow there. So you are going to a housemaster's house to, to go to toilet. And what is the price you pay for that? You have to suffer hardship, misery, difficulty, discomfort. Even if the toilet is full and you have to do SOS. Do you know SOS? Yes. (laughs) Sitless. Yes. You don't know SOS? Huh? O is on. And then the rest, you have to find out the meaning of what it means. <laughs> you see, your your desire for all sorts of comforts and your refusal to suffer what you must suffer, to go through what difficulty you must go through, is leading you away from God. Yes. So a Christian, you will suffer certain things. And when you are 40 years old, you will suffer certain things as well. You will lose certain things as well. That's the reality. There's nothing like Christianity without suffering and without losing. It depends on the circumstance in which you are. Yes. As soon as you are in this world and you've come to Christ, these four things, they are part of you. Yes. First Thessalonians chapter three, verse two. And in the American Bible, it says, "We sent Timothy, our brother, do you see, and God's fellow worker in the gospel of Christ, to strengthen and encourage you as to your faith." so that no man may be disturbed by these afflictions. For you yourselves know that we have been destined for these. In the NASB, American Bible, please. Amen. You know we have been destined. The King James says we have been appointed. But you are destined. As for suffering, you are destined to to suffer. 
Amen. For this reason, when I could endure it no longer, I also sent to find out about your faith for fear that the tempter might have tempted you and our labor should be in vain. Amen. In Acts chapter 14, Verse 22. Now Paul here has just been beaten. Amen. Are you there? Yes. He had just been beaten by people. And when he woke up, he said, he strengthened the souls of the disciples encourage them saying through many tribulations we must enter the kingdom of God. Underline that is your memory verse today. Through many tribulations we must enter the kingdom of God. Because always I remember this particular scripture because it was Paul's uh, response. Look at verse 19. Okay, verse 19 of this same uh, verse. But Jews came from Antioch and Iconium and having won over the crowds. You see, there are people who go around talking to win people's minds. Do you see? And having won over the crowds, they stoned Paul and drag, this is verse 19. We are coming to 22. But we are in verse 19. Are you with me? Acts 14 verse 9. They stoned him in verse 19. And dragged him out of the city. Supposing him to be dead. They thought it was over. But it's not over unless God says it's over. Verse 20. But while the disciples stood around him, thinking that he was now dead, okay, he got up and entered the city. And the next day, he went away with Barnabas to Derby. Verse 21. And after they had preached that, to that city and had made many disciples, they returned to Lystra and to Iconium and to Antioch. And verse 22. All right, strengthening the souls of the disciples, encouraging them to continue, continue what you are doing. Do you see? Continue being a believer. And then he gave them the thought that was in his mind. That, and what, was, what is in his mind that makes him able to be a strong Christian is that through many tribulations, we must enter the kingdom. It's not possible to enter the kingdom without passing through many tribulations. When you are going to uh, the airport, Kotoka airport or any airport, to travel abroad, you must pass through immigration. You must pass through customs. You must pass through COVID uh, uh, checkpoints. You have to pass through all these things. Through, ma- through many Tribulation, we must enter. We have to enter by passing through. You cannot come to the kingdom of God without passing through troubles and tribulations. There's nothing like that. There's nothing like that. There's nothing like that. If that's what you want, then please 
bring your sheet of paper and resign from Christ. You can resign now. How many are resigning? You want to leave Jesus? There's nothing. So don't sit there in a pity, pity party and be saying, uh, you nobody knows what I'm suffering. My father doesn't have money. I'm very poor. And then this man was helping me. And even if I don't have, I don't have even milo to drink. I don't have bread. I don't have even, I cannot buy anything. Everybody is eating. And I'm hungry. Be hungry. Too much hunger, too much tribulation, you will enter the kingdom of God. That's what it means to be a Christian. That's what it means to be a Christian. And a Christian child, a Christian in secondary school, a Christian at every age, every age, every age, every age, you must enter the kingdom through tribulations. No matter who you are, better remember that Paul is one of the best examples of Christianity. Number three, your appointment with sacrifice. Because of Christ, you will suffer sacrifice. To sacrifice means to offer up your material possession. It means to surrender something. So I, I give it up. I give it up. I give it up. I give it up. To dispose of your goods. Romans chapter 12 shows you in verse 1 the presence of a perpetual or continuing permanent level of sacrifice that will always be there. Yes. You know, when you sit on a plane, you know, at, at first I didn't, I didn't know the difference because there's always a noise in the plane. When you go on the plane, there's a noise. Like that. So you will, you, you will not know that the engines are off because they have something that they connect to connect electricity to the to the plane and it makes some noise so you think then but there's a time that they put on the engines now the engine uh, is it's like from here to the roof the inside of the engine is round you can stand in two people can stand in huge very big it is so powerful it can lift up 700 people 600 people drinking tea with water chocolate everything I mean, fuel and stay in the air. That's the kind of engine. But that same engine, they put it on. Whilst when you're on the ground, when you get, when you know flying a bit, you notice when they put on the engine. Because they don't put it on all the time. They put it on and you see that it is on. So one day I realized that this powerful thing eh, is on whether we are flying, whether we are on the ground, where, in whatever situation it can be on. Only that, you see, when somebody passes, if you walk in front of the engine, it will suck you in. That's why they, they don't go to suck. You just become means me that. That's why sometimes they put a sign, don't walk in front here like that, even if it's off. Now, it reminds me of the power of sacrifice. Whether you are 40, flying in life, or you are on the ground 14 years old, or you are now moving, or whether that, the, the same engine, it, it drives like a car. You'll be driving at the speed of a car. Sometimes there's a car in front of the plane. It's like the powerful engine and the reality of that engine that is turning eh, 
It is on whether you are up, whether you are down, whether you are flying, whatever you are and whatever you are doing, it, 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 it can be on and it is on. So that's how sacrifices, oh, 40, this, that, whatever, oh, suffering, suffering, it is part of your calling. It says you will surrender something. You want to do your hair. You want to do you want to do your hair. You want to wear certain dresses. You have mainly three dresses or two. And you keep on rotating. Sunday you wear this one, next Sunday this one, like this. But you want more. And you want to do your hair this fantastic way of doing hair and you know you don't have money and how are you going to get money you have to know how to surrender so I give up doing of hair I'll comb my hair I'll comb my hair natural afro afro it is even some people's hairstyle you give up all those hairstyles that make you look like whatever yes and go natural why? Because you don't, not that that is your favorite style, but I've surrendered those hairstyles to God because that's what I've lost and I'm suffering and I look like a boy for Jesus. You are a girl, but you look like a boy. Even in the secondary school, don't they shave your hair? Don't you look like boys in school? Yeah. Some schools are still doing that thing. Hey. Kenneth Hagen you know, he's a great prophet. His wife described that she, she didn't have any dress to wear for the convention. When they were having convention, he was preaching and she has to go. She had no, she had no dresses. Sometimes she will borrow a dress from I don't know whether an auntie or somebody and use the dress and then return the dress. But she had no dresses. Oh yes. There is nobody anywhere who follows Jesus who will not suffer certain things. There's nothing like that. There's nothing. When I went to America, you see, when I went to America, they were, they were millionaires. In fact, that, the time that I went there, they were saying how many million dollars he had earned that year. And the tithes he had paid, I think he paid tithes of about 27 million. That means that he has earned a lot. If 10% is 20 million, I don't know what tithe is for them. But that's the person who was describing. When Kenneth Hagin described, he said that, his greatest, because Kenneth Hagin, although he was a prophet, he was, a, he was really like a family life. He said that there are times that he, because God told him, don't be a pastor in one church again. I want you to travel and be preaching. He said that, look, his children, small children, daddy, daddy, daddy. And he said that sometimes he would get into his car and then he say bye-bye to them. Then when he drives, and then he turns left, then he parks the car. And then he'll cry in the car. 
He will cry and cry and cry. When he's finished crying, then he will spark and continue to go and preach. He said, nobody knows what it has cost me to be where I am. But you see, when you come and meet somebody, say, oh, this man is a millionaire. He has written millions of books, this and that. He's done this and that. But nobody knows what it cost him. He said, when God told him to go around, he had to buy a trailer. Have you seen those type of tra- cars that you pull, a car pulls it and the people live in it? He said that was their house. And he said that in the winter, you may not know, understand if you, if you don't know winter. You know, you'll be soon knowing winter, such things like winter. Some of you have not seen snow before, but very soon you'll see snow. In Jesus' name. He said that they had to take paper, uh, uh, paper, and squeeze it and f- fix it into the spaces because I think they use metal to make it so the spaces where the cold air comes in so they fix the whole van with papers all over to help them to stay in the car yeah through the cracks people have been through things to give their lives for Jesus Christ he says I beseech you therefore brethren by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. A living sacrifice. Which is worse than a dead sacrifice. But the living sacrifice, you are on it. Yes. You are on it. And you are alive. And you are moving. And you are still sacrificing. Yes. That's Christianity. If you don't want this, resign now. Go to the world. Go and find all the boyfriends and girlfriends you want. Do whatever you want to do. Just leave Christ now. This, this is Christianity. That's how it is. That's how it is. That's how it is. It's an appointment. I'm sorry. There's no other way. Christianity involves suffering. Christianity involves difficulty. Christianity involves sacrifice. Christianity involves all these things. If you don't want it, go. Jesus doesn't change standards for anybody. If he was to change standards, a lot of people will react. Some of us who have suffered will also say, ah, but why are you giving this guy glory that we, when you called me, I was serving you. Look at, I, I gave up this, I gave up. This guy has done nothing. He has not been, but look at you, I help. And the Lord will say, yeah, it's true. I realize I, I have not, this guy, I didn't allow him to suffer. This guy, I said, oh, so Jesus will not do that because Jesus is fair. Supposing we are all doing high jump. When it is, my turn. You raise it like this. When it is his turn, you bring it like this. You know, one guy, he was doing high jump and then it was his turn. They raise it. They raise it. They raise it. <laughs> so, it was his time to jump. Yes. Higher. He ran straight under that thing like this. He just ran under. Yes. He just ran under. Yes. He didn't even attempt. Because (laughs) what somebody has been through, he realized that he couldn't make it. And you see, you want to wear gold medal and you run under the thing like this. He just ran under like. He just ran under it like this. 
and somebody will jump and go up and turn around and follow the hair. And you there, you'll be saying, raise it, raise it. You see, this guy, he was, he, he was acting like he can do the long distance. Raise it, raise it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, over there. He just ran straight under the tree. <laughs> do you think that everybody's going to sit down and say, ah, but me, I gave up my, my boyfriend, whatever. I gave up a sugar daddy. I gave up a sugar mommy. They are even sugar mommies now. Sugar mommies. Who train boys in sex. Yes, they train boys in sex. And men who train men also. And boys. And somebody has given up all those things. And you, you didn't give up nothing. And you also want to wear a crown. You also want to be called doctor. When you didn't go to school for seven years in the university. You didn't, first of all, you didn't go to university. Then you maybe you went to university only three years. Three years now you've come out. I went there for seven years. And you want to be called doctor, you'll be called mister. You'll be called mister. And rightly so. So, my dear friends, there is nobody who doesn't have disappointment with suffering and sacrificing. And Jesus, in the Romans 12 says, offer your body living, living. You never die as you give the sacrifice. It never ends. It's like having an operation when you are weak. Yes. You know, one day I was with a surgeon and he told me in the village, he has done operations on people when there was no medicine anesthesia to make them sleep. Yeah, he said, he told me he saved, he saved a lady's life. She was dying and he knew that she was dying. He took a knife and just cut, he cut her open. Yeah, without anything. He just opened her, took the blood out and stopped the place where the blood was coming. And then he sewed her without any medicine. Yes, that's living. Living sacrifice. <laughs> it's serious. Hmm. Now, number four, your appointment with death. Amen. Luke chapter 9, verse 23. How many appointments do you have? Four. Appointment number one is what? Losing. Appointment number two is what? Suffering. Appointment number three is what? Sacrificing. Losing. Deprived of some hardships. Oh, from today you are strengthened to do it. Look number nine, verse 23. If any man, if any man want to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross. What is his cross? His cross is his electric chair. You know, yesterday was the anniversary, I think 68 years ago, there was a couple called the Rosenbergs, Julius Rosenberg and his wife Ethel Rosenberg. They were executed by electric chair. 
They said it was such a terrible thing that smoke was coming out of her head after she received six bolts of the electricity. When he said take up your cross, it means take up your electric chair and be moving with it. And they gave their lives for what they believed. And you have to give your life for Jesus Christ who you believe in. Hallelujah. Now, there is a famous verse in Galatians chapter 2 and it's my last verse for this morning. I am crucified with Christ. That's Paul again. Paul was a good example of somebody who lived for Jesus Christ. He said, I am crucified with Christ. That means I'm dead. That's why I said this. You have an appointment with dying. What is crucified? I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I. Amen? But Christ liveth in me. And the life I now live. You see, even though you are dead, you are alive. But something has died. Has something died in you for Christ? Is something dead in you for Christ? Is something lost forever for Christ's sake? Are certain feelings dead in you because of Jesus? And when you are crucified with Christ, you have many elements in your life which look like death. It's true. You see, when you closely know somebody who has experienced death of someone close, you will see maybe about seven features. If, if you know someone who has experienced somebody who is close to him or her and the person has died, there are certain things that are common, characteristic. The person goes through. Yeah. And when you actually die in Christ and something dies in you, you start to experience those things that people experience in real death. Yes. Like permanence of loss. You see, sometimes you lose something but you sort of sense it's coming back. But there's a certain permanence of loss in death. I have permanently lost this. Yes, it's over. It's never coming back. I can never get this back again. It's a certain permanence. Then there's a certain sadness which takes away certain joys which also comes with death. And those losses, permanent losses, sorrows, and then Certain things that you would do if you were alive that are, that are gone. Well, you know, I've talked to many widows. One of the things, one time I was speaking to a young, a young widow. So I said, what do you miss? She said, you know, what I miss, she said, is that every time something happens, I know what he would have said. At this time. I had not thought about that. You not also know till you see it. She said that 
You know, like, oh, if he was here and this happened, he would have said, oh, this and this and that. If this happened, he would have said this and that and that. So you remember, because the person was with you and the person is gone, you remember all the things. Oh, if maybe he was preaching now and this would happen, he would have said this and that. Or if something like this happened, he would have laughed and said this and that. This is what he says when you, you see that it's gone. Yeah. And you realize that you've lost certain good things. They were good things. But they are gone. That's how it is to die for Christ. It's permanently gone. You know, this thing is not a bad thing, but it's gone. And you know, he would have guided you or said this or said that, but it's gone. No more guidance. So death and the characteristics of death follow you at a certain point when you are following Jesus. When Catherine Kuhlman, a famous healing evangelist, wanted to serve the Lord, she was married to a man whom she called Mr. She never mentioned his real name. She called him Mr. Her Mr. Then the Holy Spirit told her, you cannot have this man because he was somebody's wife, husband, and you can't have him. And she loved him. So one day, she married him for six years. And one day, God said, that's it, you can't. She got up and she went to a train station with her bags and she turned to look at Mr. And she hugged him for the last time. And she never saw him again until she died. Yeah. Now one day, the man who was writing her, her life story, her biography, he said he was in the office with her and she was telling him. She, 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 she said to him that you don't know what I've been through. What I've suffered to be here. Because after that, eh, she started to have the biggest healing ministry ever. I've never heard of anything like that. Yes. She said, you don't know. She says, there was something she says, I die every day. And her greatest death was to permanently lose that man whom she loved. Because you see, a woman, eh, you may be whatever. But a woman is created naturally to find a man and be with her. So uh, they'll say, I don't want to marry, I don't, I don't need, I don't need. Look. Don't, 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 don't. Stop wasting our time. Yes. Yes. No matter how great you are, it's almost like something is missing. Yeah. But she gave him up. She gave him up. Something died permanently. And that's what it means. I am crucified with Christ. And the life I now live, I know I've lost permanently another life. You see, do you know that I'm a doctor? Do you know my mates? Do you know who my My classmates are, my classmate is the dean of the medical school in Accra. 
My classmate is the dean of the medical school in who the you has. These are my classmates. They are deans. They are professors. My classmates are consultants and what have you. I've permanently lost those things. Yes, permanently. My my whole life is permanently without certain things. Oh yes, yes. The life I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who gave himself for me. Amen. Who loved me and gave himself for me. So today I present to you Jesus Christ advertising himself as somebody that Charlie, if you want to follow me, it's not going to be easy. I've never seen a job being advertised like this. <laughs> you suffer, you not this, you have this, you not be this, you do suffer, you lose, you this, this, and still a lot of people want to follow Jesus. You would think that these things drive people away. Our brothers in other religions, they, they give their lives to die for what they believe. And it has not in any way reduced their followers. Because sacrifice is a power. People actually look and say, wow, let's give ourselves for this. It's actually a wild thing. It encourages people. So me, I'm not afraid of preaching about these four appointments. I feel that it's rather the true advertisement that Jesus came. If any man wants to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. If you, if you are, if you don't, don't come. If you want to follow me, take up your cross and let's go. If you don't, be at where you are. That is all. Yes. Every boy has to suffer. You have to suffer sexually. You control your feelings and your edges to have sex and to do sexual things. Pornographies and all this. You control it. It will die. You now you see that you have become almost like an amoeba. Do you know amoeba? Asexual reproduction. Yes. You see that you... How many have felt a strong desire to look at... I want, I want to see. I want to see. I want to see. It will die in you. Yes. It will die in you. Yes. It has to die. And as you follow Jesus, whatever. So today... Take up your electric chair. Take up your firing squad. Take up your rope to hang. Take up whatever. That is what it means to take up your cross. I don't mean go and take a rope and kill yourself. Don't be silly. Don't be foolish. And let's give up everything for Jesus. Do you know who I want to be close to? I want to be close to those who have given up everything for Jesus. Yes. In fact, I, am, I cannot be, I can be close to only to a point to people who have not given up everything. Because when you give up everything for Jesus, you, you become what we call a fellow. A fellow. In medicine, when you go high, they call you a fellow of the Royal College of Surgeons. You become a fellow. A fellow then you have fellowship. Fellows in a ship. Fellows who have given up everything in the same ship. How many want to be in the fellowship? In the fellowship. Yes. 
That is what God is doing for you. Stand to your feet. Tell your neighbor, I have four appointments. And tell him the four appointments that you have. Amen. Beautiful. Lift your hands and surrender all to Jesus. All to Jesus I surrender all to thee I I freely give I will ever love and trust him his presence daily and I surrender all I to surrender all to Jesus all to Jesus I surrender all to him I freely I will ever love and trust tell God I surrender all to you I give up everything for you Lord Jesus I give up everything for you Lord Jesus I surrender all to you Lord Jesus I love you Lord Jesus I praise you Lord Jesus thank you Lord Thank you, thank you, Lord. 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 Don Balanda Ramandelisho de Limbarancata, Marom Belindo, Limbaranda, Lambarendo, Limberi, Casando Liba, Siste Levede, Parom Balendi, Calamanda, Lemodi, Shedelemene, Romonande de Baribe. We give you thanks and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Father, thank you for this opportunity to love you, to serve you, 
We surrender all. How many surrender all to Jesus? Lift your hands if you surrender all. Father, we surrender all to Jesus. We decide to follow you with all our heart, no matter what it costs. Thank you for this opportunity to give up, to lose, to suffer, to sacrifice, and even to die permanent losses for your sake. Thank you that it is an honor to follow Jesus, and we will love to follow you, Lord, all the days of our lives. We thank you, Father, which art in heaven, in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. As every head is bowed, every eye closed, if you are here today and you want to give your life to Christ, maybe, maybe somebody invited you, maybe you've come, maybe it's not the first time, but you want to say, Lord, today I want to humble myself and give my heart and my life to Jesus Christ. If you are here like that, raise up your right hand, just your right hand up high like that. God bless you. Pastor, I want to give my life to Jesus today. Maybe you've come before, you've come, or it doesn't matter, but today you feel that this is what I need to do. I need to give my life to Jesus Christ. God bless you. God bless you. I see all your hands. If you've lifted your hand, come to me in the front here. Just come, step from where you are. Come this way. Come all the way to the front. Come. God bless you. Come and stand here. Come from over there. I see your, I see your hands over there. Come quickly. Come on. It's very important that you come. Oh, to be my blessed Some of you young guys over there, you lifted your hand. Just come quickly. Come. I'm waiting for you. God bless you. I surrender all to Jesus. I but you realize you've not been sacrificing what you need to sacrifice and losing what you need to lose. If you are here like that also, come and join them. Come and join. Just lift your hand and come quickly to the front. You are a Christian, but you have not been sacrificing what you need to sacrifice for Jesus. Come. My blessed Savior, my blessed Savior, my blessed Savior, my blessed Savior. I'm a Christian, but not a good Christian. Come also to the front. I'm a Christian, but not a a good Christian. Suffering and losing for Jesus. I surrender all. I'm a Christian, but I'm not a good Christian. Come, let me pray with you. God bless you. All to Jesus. everyone and say this prayer with me say Lord Jesus please forgive me for my sins I give my life to you I surrender all to you have mercy on me and cleanse me from all my sins 
from today, I believe in Jesus and I give my heart to Jesus and I will serve Jesus from the rest of my life. Thank you, Lord, for saving me today. I love you, Jesus. Help me to follow you. Help me to serve you. Help me to sacrifice and to lose and to suffer and to die for Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. From today, I am born again. Say, I am born again. I am a child of God. I will not follow evil ways and evil men and evil women, but I'm following Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord, for saving me today. I love you, Lord. I thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. No, it's okay. Give them. No, no, no. Don't go back. I want to give you a, a present. Wow. Take one of my books. I have this book I'm giving to you. It's a gift from me. So somebody is giving you one. It's called How to Be Born Again and Avoid Going to Hell. Amen. And I'm going to give you some homework. Will you do my homework? Will you do my homework? Do they give still homework in your schools? This is my homework. I want you to read this book. Between today and tomorrow and by next week, Sunday. Will you do that? Your life will change. Will you read it? Every day read a little. But if you can finish by tomorrow, good. And then also by next week, read it again. God is going to change your life mightily. Amen? Now, I want you to go this way. Our pastors are going to talk with you for one minute and then you come back and join us. So, go walk this way. God bless you. As we receive our Holy Communion, take your Holy Communion if you have it, it with you. Father, we thank you for the Holy Bread. At this time, we partake of your body and of the Holy and Special body of Jesus Christ. Thank you and thank you. We receive healing and blessings. Surely I will bless you. We receive it in Jesus' name. The body of Jesus Christ. Now the blood, whatever you are falling short of, may the blood that comes today wipe away every mess, every mess and every sin. The blood of Jesus Christ, the blood of Jesus. Lift your hands for your blessing. May the blessing of the Lord Fill your life. May you follow Jesus and win many souls for Jesus Christ. As you win souls, may he remember you. And he says, surely I have sworn that I will bless you. May the swearing of the Lord that he will bless you come to pass practically in your life. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you for listening to this message. 
Visit www.daghewardmills.org today for more audio and video messages, information on upcoming events, and so much more. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast to receive new messages every single day. And remember, God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind.